This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Angrez apna lagan aur news laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte hain. I'm going to be your host this week because Abhinandan has gone for a short trip to Amritsar I believe where he's having dosa with chutney for some reason. At least what? that's what his tweet suggests. And we've been speculating <laughs> on he, his he purpose. He told us he's going to have kulcha. <laughs> we we discussed <laughs> that and he was supposed to have Well he's tweeted that the chutney kulchi. with the dosa He's going to have everything one doesn't cancel out the other. <laughs> <laughs> Has he gone there to eat kulchas? No, he did no. tell me that uh, he's going to have chole kulche and then he's going to come back. Okay. He's is going to he's going to for darshan and after oh. darshan he'll have chole kulche. But I thought go. he's an atheist. Clearly he's no, not. No, he said he's, he's going he's to come to matha taken. We need to oh, check. maybe he's going to thank. Ah. Yes. And maybe he should go to Tirupati and shave his head <laughs> and make them richer. <laughs> I'm just going to quickly introduce our lovely panel today. Uh, we have Madhu Trehan with us. Hello. Welcome Madhu, really good to have you. We have Mehraj, hello, who we introduced last week. So if you want his introduction then listen to that again. Yeah, please <laughs> But do. he's the latest <laughs> member on the news laundry and team. And it's behind a paywall so you'll have to subscribe first if yeah. you haven't already. If you want to know who Mehraj is, subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> and of course Ravan sir, welcome hello. Ravan sir. And we have a really special guest with us, uh, Kumar Sambhav Srivastav who's uh, a journalist he's been a journalist for about a decade he is contributing editor with business standard and recently a tweet thread of his made quite a bit of news and was even noticed by the powers that be in the top court hi kumar hi <laughs> welcome a big welcome to you and um before we get into uh, a discussion and we have a lot of stuff to ask sambhav we'll quickly um, go over the headlines So the Ayodhya case uh, the last hearing happened on Wednesday uh, it was quite a uh, high drama pages were torn uh, it was reported all over the news media so we should discuss a bit of that uh, the petitioners from the muslim side have asked the supreme court to restore the babri mosque they said that they own the land CJ Ranjan Gogoi uh, was pretty upset through the hearing and we can discuss a bit of whatever the courtroom drama was but he basically started off saying enough is enough and we need to finish the hearing the side representing the hindus uh, presented uh, some evidence from this book which was torn that was reported that went a bit viral uh, meanwhile the sunni board lawyer has said that the ayodhya panel's plan is a win win for hindus and muslims and already we are seeing a lot of reporters landing in ayodhya and there's also section 144 being imposed in ayodhya mm-hmm. right yeah. Um Kashmir continues to stay in news. Uh there were full page ads in um newspapers actually in JNK where the government uh, basically spoke about how uh, you should not succumb to militant threats and you should resume normal life. That must be the first government ads in a Kashmiri newspaper in a very long time. Yeah, because they aren't giving them, giving them ads otherwise. Yeah. yeah. Postpaid mobile services were restored after 72 days. This was there was a lot of jubilation. you could see a lot of anchors calling up the reporters in kashmir and saying call lag gaya that was being reported uh, but now amiraj have you made calls back home like yes, is it all yes, working yes yes so n- hmm. the connectivity is much much better but internet and prepaid is still off okay. um, so what news are you getting from kashmir now is it normalizing or not no it's the same as it is a government is trying to normalize so they have uh, 
announced examinations for schools yeah later this month yeah all kids are uh, being yeah, asked to come back within yeah. a month i think to give the exams or something like so that. it a starts on 29th of october the exams start so it will go on for about a month or so okay but it but seems there seems to be like civil disobedience going on yes and uh, people and are not opening their shops not doing business not using public transport so how will they resolve this it means like who's going to blink first I don't think that they really care about it. They just want to project a like perception of normalcy. That's why the exams are happening. So you have schools shut for like three months. Nobody has studied anything, and the but now you have to have exams. And the kids are they don't have a choice. If they don't, they lose a year. Hmm. And the government is working f- more for an image. Yeah. For the outside Kashmir, people living outside Kashmir, yeah, yeah, not for people living in Kashmir. In fact, the whole decision I think was for the people outside, outside Kashmir, Kashmir rather than yeah. for. So, Kashmir. so that's the image the government is trying to yeah. create. We also had a bunch of interviews that Amit Shah gave to four channels, five channels. We can discuss mm. that too. There's of course Haryana and Maharashtra elections that we can get into a bit. We've started getting our first batch of ground reports. Uh, in fact, we published one today from Haryana. Big news for India, Abhijit Banerjee, and I will not say his wife, <laughs> <laughs> and Esther Duflo, uh, they won the Nobel Prize for Economics, uh, along with Michael Kremer. It was big news, celebrated by everyone in India. Everyone was jubilant. Bengali especially. Not everyone. Ex- ex- uh, not exactly, everyone. Yeah. Some people were upset because he's a bit of a critic of the current government. Before we begin our discussion for the week, I would like to remind you, as always, pay to keep news free. Log on to newslaundry.com slash subscription and support us. We need your help. We need you to come in and step up more than ever and uh, do it. Otherwise, Abhinandan will call you Mufat Khor. <laughs> also, rate our podcasts on whatever platform you're listening on. Our ratings do matter. And we'd love for you guys to give us your honest feedback. But hopefully most of that feedback would be positive and glowing and in five stars. Also, one very important thing. If you like our podcast, please recommend them to people. You do know that for Hafta, the latest three ones are behind the paywall. And we always put up a short snippet called Chota Hafta. So you can forward Chota Hafta to your friends and get them hooked. And just give them a snippet of what the podcast is like and urge them to listen to uh, or subscribe to us and listen to Hafta or you can send them some of our previous episodes that are outside the paywall. Just give them a flavor of what our discussions are like and urge them again to subscribe to us. So let's just jump right in. I'll get uh, Kumar. I, I should call you Sambhav, right? Kumar yeah, is just your like Kumari Kumar. <laughs> you can call Sambhav. That's mm. better. Okay. Yes, of course. So Sambhav, uh, you did the tweet early this week. Yeah. where you spoke about a very complicated case with a lot of subplots and a lot of heroes and twists and turns. So, and that got noticed by uh, uh, Supreme Court Judge Arun Mishra. I think mm-hmm. I think he was referring to your, though he didn't specify, but it seemed like he was referring to your tweet thread. And he spoke about how he was being maligned on social media. So just tell us a bit about uh, the story that you've been covering for a while now on land acquisition and what you were telling people in that thread. Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, I reported this story with my colleague, uh, Nitin Sethi. This was reported in Business Standard in April 2019. And the story was about how one very important provision of the land acquisition law, which was enacted in 2013, was stuck in the Supreme Court uh, for the past five years. So, the you know, and I'll, I'll come back to the story what it is, but the interesting thing is that these stories, when you report on facts, 
and you've done some work on this they are relevant all the time and you never know when when they become that big <laughs> yeah so uh so this is how it uh, it happened and uh, you probably uh, i mean i would also like to believe that the uh, uh, the judges were mentioning uh, they were referring to this particular tweet hmm. uh, and it had some impact so, but but basically it was about um uh, supreme court judge arun mishra deciding on a bench and this, this pertained to a case of on reliance and land acquisition so at least just tell us a bit about that case so that our viewers right. know what we're so talking what about so what happened is uh, in 2013 the uh, the then upa government brought a new land acquisition law and it basically uh, so yeah going to the root of the matter the earlier law of land acquisition was enacted in the colonial times 1894 and that law was pretty draconian it basically just forcefully let governments to acquire land from anybody hmm. even for private parties or anyone with meager compensation yeah now all these things were uh, were corrected in the new law in 2013 there were two three very important things that if you're taking uh, land for a private project or a public private project then you have to take consent of people the compensation was increased by many folds for in urban areas was increased by two fold in rural areas was increased by four fold and then there was also rehabilitation and resettlement promise to people who lose land these provisions were not in the older law now after 2013 whenever land is taken for a new project all these things will apply but okay. for people who whose land was taken earlier they obviously did not get benefit of these uh, these progressive provisions hmm. so there was a this very important provision in the new law which said that for the previous or the earlier projects where land was taken but land has not been acquired for 5 years sorry land hmm. has the possession of land has not been taken for 5 years by the developer hmm. or the compensation has not been paid to people to farmers in their accounts then they are eligible to new. get the benefits of the new law okay which means the acquisition under under the previous law will lapse hmm hmm so and then they, the government will have to acquire all the land fresh afresh under the new law hmm now there was a case in gujarat jamnagar where reliance was building its scz a petroleum scz and they had started initiated uh, initiated acquisition of land in 2005 the there were obviously some farmers protested and the land acquisition got stuck hmm. the uh, the company and the government could not take uh, possession of some of the land even though they they deposited the compensation in the government treasury hmm. people did not take the compensation in their account they refused to take okay so uh, after this 2013 law came these farmers filed a case in the gujarat high court seeking these benefits of the new law that because the land acquisition was stuck the land acquisition should lapse and we should get benefit of the new law and this case was against reliance so farmers against this case against... was against the reliance scz okay. this was in Guj- gujarat high yeah, court yeah, yeah. while this case was going on in several other high courts across the country as well as in the supreme court several farmers have got already orders and judgments in their favor using this particular provision of the law this provision is section 24 okay. of the new law so they got benefits across the courts judges were delivering orders in the benefit of, of in the favor of farmers using this particular provision now in 2014 government change 
the new government realized that this could be very problematic this particular mm. provision there could be several projects which were stuck they might get again delayed further and uh, and sort of development gets stuck the whole narrative that the government proposes against uh, fair land acquisition mm. so they tried to amend the law and this was happening while this case against the reliance scz was already going on in high court the bjp government tried to amend this law and try to struck down this provision hmm. this to section 24 they could not do it because of the opposition uh, there was a po- strong opposition in the parliament so they yeah, could not yeah, do yeah. it yeah that was a big movement now what parliament uh, what government could not do it reliance got it from the high court in gujarat high court agreed what basically reliance did they just did not argue in the same case but they filed a counter petition against the farmers demand hmm. saying this section 24 should go it sh- or it should not be applied on private parties because private parties as long as they have given the compensation to the government treasury they are not responsible for whether the compensation is paid or not or whether the uh, possession of land has not taken hmm. so high court agreed against all the other interpretation of other high courts and supreme court they agreed with reliance and the farmers lost this case there hmm. so they filed a petition in the supreme court uh, against the high court order and that Now, petition that, is being yeah. heard by the same judge who uh, favored so reliance that, and that petition got listed before justice arun mishra while this petition justice mishra was still hearing this petition in another case related to the same provision he he gave a judgment saying that yes these uh, the provisions should not apply in the in certain cases where private party has already paid the compensation in government treasury so this judgment would have in in another in the reliance case it would have benefited to reliance but interestingly justice mishra's uh, this bench that he was heading it was a three judge bench and the judgment that this bench gave was in contradiction to another three judge bench in the supreme court so uh, this is i mean this is a norm in the supreme court that if three the a bench of equal strength can't just override another judgment of a bench of equal strength oh okay if there is if I there is a that. contradiction hmm. then the new bench has to basically refer it to the larger bench okay. or the cji okay. for doing this but justice arun mishra did not refer this to another bench he just overrode the judgment of another three judge bench in 2014 which was in the favor of farmers so now this again this was a contradiction then another three judge bench of the supreme court notice this that this is what justice mishra's bench has done so that bench stayed justice mishra's order and said that this can't be done this needs to be referred to a larger bench the cji or larger okay. bench so, so then uh, it came to cji he formed a, he announced that a new five bench judge a constitution bench will be constituted and that will decide the matter okay now the so, whole issue was pending for one and a half year finally uh, last week the constitution bench was formed and interestingly uh, just arun mishra was made head of that bench as well <laughs> so that's when the whole so, uh, i think this needs like a like, proper graphic storytelling because there are so many characters and so much so happening. basically justice mishra is judging his own case right now Correct. In a way, so yeah, okay. he would be leading. I mean, I mean, though people say that it's not just him deciding. There are four other judges, but obviously he would be leading the whole hearing uh, 
to decide whether uh, another judgment by a bench headed by him was valid or not. So that's what the whole contention was in the Supreme Court and the matter got heard for two days. Uh, the lawyers, one of the lawyers from the farmer sites very aggressively argued that he can't be judging this case because he already had a predisposition on the matter. Hmm. And that's when uh, the whole controversy really became big. <laughs> so you also have co-founded something called the Land Conflict Watch. And I'm assuming uh, looking at land, land acquisition is some of your is one of your prime works with the Land Conflict Watch, right? Right. So we were uh, at Land Conflict Watch. What we do is uh, we document all the cases of land conflicts going on across the country. Uh, and these land conflicts are related to communities where people, a uh, bunch of people, either it could be tribals, farmers uh, or citizens who are contesting any kind of control of land or ownership or use of land. And this, how we started is because all these small, small cases of land issues were coming from across the country, but they really do not become big in news media. Uh, media reports them as isolated incidents once in a while. And the real impact of these cases on the political economy of the country doesn't really come out. And also a lot of times in mainstream media houses, I have worked in mainstream media houses, uh, when these cases like uh, POSCO uh, land acquisition or Vedanta Niamgiri case, mm-hmm. when these cases become really big, then they get reported. But hundreds of them that are happening across the country, around tribal land, around farmers' land, they don't really get reported. It's very difficult for reporters to get a buy-in from editors for these kind of stories. So we started this whole database of land conflicts where journalists can scale up their stories from one particular case to a larger trend Mm. and actually can show the impact of land conflicts on people, on environment, on the economy, how investments are stuck. So largely on the political economy of the country and do larger investigative stories around land. Mm. So that was the whole idea around Land Conflict Watch. It's interesting what he's saying because Madhu, you had done a clothesline episode on land acquisition, I think, and you'd you know, one of those episodes where you'd spoken about how the zamindar, the dobiga zameen clip that yes, you use. Yes, And yes. it's, what he's saying is actually true that you don't actually these days read too much about, it's suddenly like these land acquisition conflict stories have kind of evaporated from what yeah, you read in the papers. Yeah, mainly disputes between families and that kind of thing, but... I you see, don't hear about it. I yeah. mean, they're happening... I, I don't think they were, they are there as much as the kind of extent and the excruciating poverty that we saw when we were growing up. It was a little different. Mm. Uh, Raman, do you want to come in? Oh, I think recently we had, uh, if, uh, I think Sambhav will know about it. I think uh, state, I'm forgetting, there is one tribal major, major uh, acquisition by the government. Uh, Sambhav, uh, are you aware Those of that? Those are the ones now, like taking over for dams or for construction or for this. No, no, it wasn't for the dam. Hmm. Well, the was biggest, most noisy one right now is the, what they've done in Are. And also in Narita. Right. Right. Well, yeah, just, Are right. also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, I mean, there are cases that are constantly going on. Uh, the, the issue why we don't hear as many cases now because also the economy has slowed down in past several years mm-hmm. construction sector has slowed down uh, and infrastructures has slowed down so we right now uh, while the growth is a lot around roads so we mm-hmm. do see a lot of cases of 
road land acquisition hmm. but even the previous what now we hear is the long <laughs> cases that have been going on in since past like several years so they are still stuck lot of new big projects are not coming up because of the shape of economy that we are in right now in in past few years so we don't hear them about them as much and i just want to ask you and then we can move on to the next uh, topic but because you worked with business standard and you have you worked with other financial dailies or mostly business standard is the one that you've so financial daily uh, just business standard but yeah. I, before this i was with scroll hindustan, hindustan times, times and down to uh, so yeah. how are stories of land acquisition viewed in maybe mainstream newsrooms and especially financial dailies because there is this perception that the reporters talking about land acquisitions are just you know it's an ngo story or that it's an anti development story or that you're just giving into this narrative that you know uh, land must not be acquired because uh, you know because of some Correct. sort of sentimental sort of value to it that's, rather that's than a good point. and it's sort of coming in the way of development so did you did you get that a lot when you were reporting on these issues in mainstream papers and how do you respond to that yeah in some of the mainstream uh, papers definitely yes uh, not as much in so i mean surprisingly if you would like to see that okay financial papers would be more uh, not interested i mean they would be uninterested in these kind of stories from mm. the point of view of land owners or farmers which i haven't found the case i have found this in more of mainstream generic newspapers okay uh, because they one they would like to believe that land stories are not that uh, is not what their target readers wants mm. but definitely for business papers it's it it comes in their target readership that's true because land is yeah. too much uh, involved in all economic development and business activities true, like- and also they understand uh, because i mean comes from the subject uh, domain expertise also so a lot of editors in business newspapers would understand the seriousness of these issues uh, and also like it, it depends on how you pitch the story like i said mm. if you are also telling about you know that if the process of taking land acquisition of land is not fair then ultimately projects are gonna get stuck they will mm. get stuck in court they will get get stuck if not in court then there will be huge protest on the ground so i mean we have seen that the huge projects like vedanta had to go uh posco had to go because of these protests and clearly there were huge violations of uh, of the rights of people so this i think is if you pitch the stories this way that it's not in the benefit of even uh, operations to ignore economic yeah. development then then i think there will be buy in in definitely in business newspapers hmm. a little less and much less in mainstream uh, generic newspapers but hmm. two questions one should raise i think is that first of all judges are now behaving with complete impunity on what cases they decide to sit on as we saw with gagoi who sat on his own uh, molestation a uh, case which was very odd and then just basically buried by the rest of the judges and uh, just as deepak mishra before him that yes, kaliko full suicide exactly. case yeah and then secondly should a judge be responsive to tweets mm. how powerful are tweets that is he then looking at he's is admitting to being influenced when you're supposed to be impervious mm. to what people are writing about you what they are saying about you a judge is supposed to be have narrow uh, like blinders on 
and look straight ahead at the case and look at only the case. So if he's even responding to Twitter, I'm not saying uh, what uh, he did was not important, sure. Uh, it was an important tweet, but we're also looking at the fact that these guys have reduced themselves to a level where they think they have to respond to everything, which is unusual in, in terms of uh, culture and precedence. Mm. Of late, they have been recusing from the cases, which are very uh, sensitive. And yeah. they don't want to give any decision. And, and the earlier, uh, earlier, case I mean, on these, in these kind of cases, like Sambhav has told, I mean, ethically, you used to recuse yourself. And the, yeah. this Ayodhya uh, case, which we're going to dis discuss. Yeah, we can move on to that, actually. Next. Yeah. Is, again, there's been so much of speculation and gossip about Gagoi on the pressure on him to finish it before he retires because they don't know which direction it'll go after he retires or whatever. Madhu, it's not gossip. They, it's, it's very clear. Yeah, but it I, has I'm been designed it in such a way yeah. that he gives the decision before he retires. Yes. Mm. So... But we can't prove it, no? No, it's, it's <laughs> not a gossip. We can. Nobody. Okay. Of course, retiring on 17th. Yeah. So and you need to give decision within a month. Yeah. So the so 17th, it uh, was the fi date fixed, you know, for the for ending all kind of hearings. So he gets exactly a month. So even if these allegations are not true or these rumors are not true, judiciary is one institution where you can't even have a doubt that these people might be, say, compromised. Yeah. Because mm. like they say, justice isn't only ha to be done. You have to see, it has to be seen to be done. Yeah. So that's an important point. So this goes back to the probity of the issue. And also, I think fundamentally, this is a question of accountability. So in India, for example, who is the Supreme Court ju judge accountable to? Basically, nobody. They Parliament. think they're not because they filed a contempt of court case against me because we judged them. <laughs> we had a report card ah. in which we issued to senior lawyers, which they filled out on uh, like a report card, uh, rate from 1 to 10, uh, understanding of, of each judge in the high court. And they rated them. They filled out the report card in which they rated them on understanding of law, courteousness, uh, honesty, integrity, um, knowledge of law, all that. And then they, they, they said, you're not allowed to do that. They held me and I was going to jail. So the point is that I think what one is now, I think one should address, is that the country is facing huge cynicism of every institution, whether it's the CBI or whether it's the RBI or, or whether it's educational institutions mm. or whether it's the courts, the Supreme Court. Every and single institution is now getting uh, a color of a twist that somebody is putting this pressure on them. The hyperactive enforcement directorate which was completely defunct. The enforcement directorate. <laughs> yes. You know, all kinds of Things are happening. Yes. People are being picked up, and actually, if we we should finish discussing uh, uh, Ayodhya, must hear all your opinions. But I think the next thing to discuss is like the manner in which the government has gone after every opposition person. Uh, what they're yes. doing, the kind of case that yes. they've come up with, Praful Patel, is so far-fetched. I have on Patel. I have specific instance. I mean, I, I can discuss that after. Some of you wanted to come in and say something? Uh, not, yeah, I mean, what hmm. the point that Madhu was making about how uh, how courts are responding to things, uh, in, in that I also, like, it's also the nature of just the cynicism that she rightly pointed out, that government has also 
sort of been it's a trend that how they have been projecting like for example just want to highlight in the hearing in this particular case uh, of land acquisition the solicitor general uh, tushar mehta was actually he started the whole thing saying that uh, there has been a trend that mm. just before the hearing or two days before the important cases of hearing there is a trend that people are writing about it in media on social media now when are journalists supposed to write if not yeah. before two days before the <laughs> hearing about that case he clearly That's doesn't understand what news write. means yeah. it's topical it's got to do yeah. with what's happening now or about to exactly. happen exactly <laughs> and that's when journalists will write that's when they will report the fact in this case this story and this is not even given factual information in the court because if you just want to project fact based journalism like that in the court and then get judges to also get react on that that's also i mean should that should also be uh, called out for because mm-hmm. this story was actually reported 6 months ago it had nothing to do with influencing the hearing mm-hmm. and then uh, but the you just brought was, it out basically because you've yeah. been reporting on it for so long right and then the case is now come up so that's why you would put it out to so that people read it again that's yeah. how journalists always work <laughs> uh, it's not that you're influencing people so yeah right. this cynicism also like that and how you counter what people people's voices and on social media is a, now a, a great equalizer everybody yeah. speaks there yeah so and also i think the onus say, of yeah. not being influenced is on the judges judges rather I mean, than the yeah it it can't be on the people i can i mean i'm i should be free to you know do whatever i want to or say whatever i want to uh it's up to the judge to not be influenced by what i'm saying so that's i mean it, it can't be the opposite so um let's yeah. just move on to the ayodhya uh, hearing uh, sorry yeah. just before we move on uh, sambhav so uh, yeah. i wanted to ask you this would it be fair to say because you have a wider like focus on these issues about land conflicts and about these kinds of disputes would it be fair to say that usually in such cases like whether it is this whether it's the forest rights act where like 19 million people face being drowned out of their homes and right yeah. that's also ha huh. so would it be fair to say that the higher judiciary usually tends to come down on the side of the like the corporations and the government and rather than the affected people in these cases there is already uh, research on this and huh. there has been documentation by scholars huh. uh, and it has it has been come out from the on the on the analysis of the cases where environmentalism of poor environmentalism of middle class and as well as the corporate on the other side so it has all the court has come down heavily against the poor and rights of people tribals and farmers and sided with the corporates in lot of cases mm. but when it comes to middle class environmentalism like for example we say ra ra yeah, forest yeah, yeah. in mumbai or those in those cases they would probably been, when it comes to protecting trees they would probably act uh, act for the environment protecting forest or wildlife they would act for the environment but camps when it comes to like livelihood land and dependence of poor on resources then they go against uh, it's skewed those, against uh, the poor yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, quite yeah. interesting and what research is this uh, so there has been a study by uh, geetanjay sahu is a professor in tis mumbai hmm. and he looked at environmental jurisprudence and the supreme court in india that's this is a book okay. uh, that he authored and i think there are couple of other uh, legal scholars as well who have done this kind of analysis against uh, of 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 the of the judgments of supreme court great and is there okay. any any particular like insight into why this happens 
that um, the judges come from the same strata of society like you were saying the middle class and the upper class or is it some deep something deeper probably yes also how much voice they would have in the court like which parties can afford how much voice in the court so i mean who can afford what kind of lawyers and whom the judges listen so it always depends on how much say which kind of parties have in the court so this is how our judiciary functions no oh, okay mm. Right. I'm going to quickly read two letters. So this letter is from Ronak Agarwal. He says, "Hi, I'm a young grad student studying AI in Germany, continuing the climate change debate. I wanted to contextualize Indian journalism in this regard. I listened to you guys lament the slow death of mainstream journalism for a while, but I find it surprising you haven't managed to integrate quality climate reporting as a regular beat. Listening to someone like P. Sainath and the kind of work he's done for People's Archive for Rural India is a good counterpoint to this example. Uh, he's given a link with it. It's raining sand in Rayala Seema." and this makes me wonder whether good journalism is just about having enough skin in the game rural india all the 800 million people in it will be among the hardest hit places on planet earth and we can already see signs of that happening doing good stories from this diverse countryside can only happen through pure grit although i would also grant that sainath is one of the greatest living journalists so it's difficult standard to match if i had to bring the discussion to a global level the same problem persists as someone who interacts with young academics on a daily basis not a single day goes by where we do not worry about this existential threat yet when i speak to older people in berlin they are more educated but equally nihilistic as the indian oldies climate change isn't something they will have to deal with in their lifetimes the entire ordeal along with complete hijack polarization of the discussions thanks to mainstream media's deification of greta thunberg makes you pessimistic about the coming years and i wonder how the post 2010 generation will deal with this interested to know your thoughts on this from a publisher's perspective and from a moral perspective cheers ronak i recommend all of you flip to manufacturing consent by noam chomsky if you're interested in reading about media's role in narrative building so of course pari is great and we all often uh, do sometimes co-publish their works um, so after they've published a story on their website we sometimes publish it on ours and we've also decided to um, to have a series out by a journalist i won't get into too much detail of it uh, because i'd rather get it done uh, before i talk about it <laughs> but he's a journalist he's been a journalist with down to earth he's a very um, he's somebody who's covered this quite a bit and he's working with another portal now that is tracking climate change very closely and we're going to be doing a series with him talking about the issues uh talking about what could ha- oh, you know some of the central issues on it and the future and looking at solutions i'll admit though in my conversation with him even he seemed very nihilistic and i'm wondering if uh, this is such a topic that the more you know about it and the more you see that there's very little willingness politically to act or there's very little willingness among people to really acknowledge it um because you're seeing that i think you become a little pessimistic but um hopefully that series will be out soon another quick letter by rajan who also writes for us he says hello i highly recommend the new movie official secrets it is based on the true story of brit intelligence personnel who leaked a secret memo exposing an attempt by the bush administration to influence a vote on a resolution regarding the 2003 invasion of iraq it effectively depicts the moral dilemma and the hesitation of a whistleblower the backdrop is the british press who at that time worked to advance the cause of the war hungry blair administration fortunately there are a few who have a mind of their own it borrows elements from all the president's men in its depiction of journalism newsroom and reporters there's a certain gravitas that brit actors bring to the proceedings and here with all grown up Kara Knightley, Ralph Fiennes, Matt Smith, Jeremy Norton and the rest it is on dazzling display here. Uh, if this isn't playing in cinema near you it deserves a showing at the next media rumble. Thank you for this letter Rajan I'll definitely convey this to Abhinandan and it sounds like a fascinating film I'll definitely watch it. 
Okay, so moving on to Ayodhya. So the uh, the court heard the the last hearing was on Tuesday. Uh, just to give you a little brief, um, it was a very dramatic hearing. Um, what we know from what was being reported was that uh, the Hindu Mahasabha presented wanted to present a few maps from a book called uh, Ayodhya Revisited. This is a book that was written in 2016 by an IPS officer who was mediating between the two groups uh, during the PV Narasimha Rao uh, government. So they wanted to present these maps um, and on the last day of the hearing you basically can't produce new evidence. You're supposed to be just finishing your arguments. Uh, so the um, so Rajiv Dhawan who's representing the Sunni Waqf board got a bit angry and he said no you can't present it and he shredded the uh, maps to which the CGI said okay you can shred them further. And then there was commotion in the thing. Uh, the CGI said, we'll walk out, you know, if you don't present your uh, side quickly and we have to finish by five o'clock and all that happened. And then it ended. Uh, I was very shocked for one to see how this was reported by a large section of the media. Uh, there were two. One was that uh, television media and especially the Times Now. I watched Times Now that day and uh, Republic and a few others also. They presented this very, I think, a very usual practice of maybe shredding papers as blasphemy against the Hindu religion. Yeah. So you had anchors saying that Hindu religion has been violated in the Supreme Court and hamari aastha ko bhaar diya type. So and I think it was, it was very inflammatory. Was yeah. No, it's not just a map. Even the justice said ki this is not relevant to us. Yeah. You can tear it off if yeah, you want. Exactly. And then he tore it off. Yeah. I mean, it's a very routine <laughs> thing. And yeah. And interestingly, this happened on the same day as the News Broadcasters Association's guidelines came out on reporting on Ayodhya, where they've said that you are not to inflame passions, you are not to speculate on the verdict, uh, you are not to do debates where that can cause, you know, uh, people to get angry. So I'm very skeptical about it. Um, Madhu, what do you think? Uh, are we going to see some sane reporting? <laughs> also, they said uh, one interesting thing that I wanted your opinion on because you've covered it also was they said that you should not show the demolition of the masjid on your TV. First of all, the actual demolition, nobody, ha nobody has footage of the structure coming down. You have uh, footage of people on top of the thing and knocking uh, with hammers and, and uh, other objects. But that was not the way it was brought down. That was all tamasha. The way it was brought down, it was discovered later, was that the whole place had been wired. With because such a heavy, big structure cannot come down with a few guys climbing up and knocking on it. You know, that doesn't, obviously it's common sense that that's not how it came down. And then after investigations, it was discovered that the whole thing had been wired with explosives. And so that actual moment of the dust, like, you know, when you see a building coming down, patak, and all the dust coming up, nobody has that footage. So oh. anyone showing it... Hmm. Uh, what they mean maybe is then the image, that famous no, no. image of people it's climbing up and knocking it. I, I was well, there. Well, Ajtak, India Today has used a news track footage and done some extensive, uh, of course, they changed our voiceover and my voiceover. <laughs> and they did their own thing, which is fine. It's their property. They're most welcome to it. But um, they showed pretty much everything that we had shown at that time. But the point is for them to say that you, you should not show the actual falling down of the, uh, is a bit precious, I think. It's mm. a little silly and delicate mm. because it's not like Muslims will be seeing it for the first time mm. coming down. The whole jo chot padi thi, lagi thi, us time, wo 
उसी टाइम लगी थी एंड दैट चोट हैज़ रिमेंड सो फॉर देम टू से ये मत दिखाओ इट इन फ्लेम इट्स नॉट रियली आई डोंट थिंक इट्स इट्स रियलिस्टिक वॉट एवर इन एंड आई एम नॉट श्योर अबाउट द एवरेज मुस्लिम इज दैट कमिटेड on the babri masjid hmm. and i'm not sure even the average hindu is that committed on building a temple really? i think well you know i think i'm sure there's an, an emo- emotional sort of support ke uh, you know hindu banega whatever with a huge after all narendra modi uh, was elected with a huge massive majority these are the majority people who do support something like this i would expect that but i think as you as you would know if you have covered major stories which where emotions run high the emotions run high in a small group of people in terms of the billions that we are mm. so the point is that not showing this or not showing that is not stopping rabid uh, anchor persons screaming and yelling mm. and all that yeah. so how i think that is far more inflammatory than showing one image mm. Absolutely, and if you compare it to what's being said, the image is actually I, image really is immaterial. But if you're if you're a Muslim listening to a guy who's shouting "Bolo, uh, Bharat Mata ki jai," you're listening to a guy who's saying "Tum log ye ho, wo ho, Pakistan wapis jao." This coloring of thinking, I think, is is anti-thinking actually. It's anti-emotion. So for me, thinking and emotion are two very important. F- words for a human being to function in his life if you're not thinking and if you're not using your emotion these two things must be used and emotion in this country is a bad word okay wo to emotional ban raha but you have to remember that a lot of things have moved in this country and others from emotion we got rid of the british from emotion not from practicalities we emotionally felt they had to leave it was less practical and more emotional so uh, israel is built on emotion what they feel for their country most of their decisions yeah they argue they argue like us they fight like us it's a very argumentative culture like us but in the end if you're killing these two things of not thinking through things and not using your emotion positively i think that is detrimental and i this kind of y- yelling and screaming which there seems to be no control there seems to be no restraint there seems to be no and i know arnab and people in uh, times now no i won't go so far as times now leave that out i'm just talking about arnab i know arnab is not stupid he's yeah. not stupid <laughs> he's gone on a agree. track which has become uncontrollable i wouldn't say the same for times now but you have many arnabs now i think they I, are I, stupid i agree that at times now is stupid, now yeah. is stupid i mean navika and they rahul in a way are stupid in the way that arnab yeah, is and the way they argue and the way they say yeah. things they just i'm sorry there is a lack of thinking there completely yeah. Yeah. which makes arnab them more dangerous you know yeah because so people are more dangerous one of them is trying to ape Uh, obviously they, but the point is uh, the they're point not is, able to do it that's yeah, a different the thing the point is that i've never believed in a product a product can never work if it's a wannabe if it's an also ran your product mm. has to be original of every product that you are associated with should be original even your article that you write mm. should be original. original if you've heard a phrase that you've read before or if you're putting in a phrase that you've read before it should not be there mm. every sentence should be invented 
original. True. Uh, Even where, invent words for God's sake. But this kind of aping is detrimental to mm. the country. Absolutely. Where were you, sir, when the Allahabad High Court uh, gave its decision? Which you one? remember? Which I one? was Sapri uh, Masjid. Uh, this only Ayodhya. Achha, okay. no, no, because I, I believe during that time also there were the similar time advisories. Of the decision, I was, I think I was with Hindu Sun Times. Okay. Uh, were you covering was, it? Because I, you were also no, in Lucknow no, for a while. No, I covered 1992. Okay. So when, uh, as Madhu said, that these people just went uh, over the top and nobody has actually seen, you know, how it was brought on, which is absolutely true because there was a complete design. The moment these guys went uh, to the top of the mosque, uh, you know, they started pelting stones on the media. Mm. So the media was immediately, I mean, they were, uh, uh, I think, RSS and VHP guys. So they just took us uh, in a horde to the second floor of that building. I think it was Sita Rasoy or mm. some building was there. We, we, we had a very, very clear view of the mosque. Actually, you should see the, the news track tra- tapes there on YouTube uh-huh. on Ayodhya mm. which gives every single detail yes. of every angle on all sides. Yes. Mm. I don't think there's a more comprehensive report yes. than that. It even rec- records a mutiny that took place at the mm. time when the constables were being told to stop the uh, destruction and they refused to go. So we don't know whether it was a planned thing that the guy will say I bolunga jao roko aur aap hilna nahi. No, I oh. personally feel it was planned because yeah. the way the things happen. I personally think attack, so, but we can't the prove attack it. Also, we, there was no attack on us. But the moment they went to the top, within 15 minutes, they started attacking us. So we had we were all, uh, you know, sent to the second floor. So Advani... And even there, they were... Uh, you Advani know, was having... Advani uh, was sitting uh, with all... Uh, no, the but BGP. him saying that none of this was planned and I'm shocked, so that's a lie. No, I, you have to know no, this then. No, no. Mm. Advani actually thought... That you know, there was uh, in in uh, school in NCC camps, boys were given these sort of fake guns, and you were made to march like twenty miles, thirty miles, and then the the NCC uh, the captains, the ones who were running the 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 camp, knew that the boys would be frustrated that walking for twenty miles and not having anything to do with their guns afterward. They used to have a wall over there where people used to just jam them and feel good that we poked it and we jammed it and they used to shove it in. Now, what happened with Advani, this is my reading, is that he did this amazing yatra where collected millions of people along the way. It was unprecedented. It turned the BJP's fortunes completely. But when he reached there, I actually my personal belief is he did not expect it to be brought down because the yatra itself had nothing to do with what the VHP and the RSS were planning. The structure was brought down by the VHP. We had proof of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's no, being wired so and when, all he, when it began to happen, my reporters told me that they saw him wringing his hands, crying. And having a breakdown. No, I was. Huh? I was. He did not was, expect it. I was. Maybe he was emotional. From maybe that was also planned. No, no, no. <laughs> he was emotional because don't forget he's from Lahore. Yeah. In the end, he's also from Lahore. So he thought that he would have this fabulous ending where he'd be sort of lauded and go home. No, I was. He sp- did not know of that plan. I believe he did not know of the VHP's plan, which was so intricate, so practiced, so carefully done. Madhu, that it could not go wrong. No, Madhu, he was. Uh, he and other leaders. There were three hundred 
uh, meters away from us hmm. on another roof. We all were at the roof yeah. and watching the things. Okay. Not that breakdown in the room. Huh? Yes. So these guys were sitting. Even uh, we were looking at them. Uh, we could clearly see uh, uh, Advani and Uma Bharti. Everyone was there. And uh, I was specifically asked this question by Libran Commission because when I gave my testimony there, and also the CBI submitted one affidavit. So even I saw the others, you know, very elated about it, but I didn't see uh, Advani. Advani did something like this, which I personally felt, I mean, this was my interpretation, he was asking them to come down. Uh, when they, they went to the top of the mosque, so Advani was asking them to come down. He was doing like this. So raising his hand, ha, raising his hand but uh, but not with any any uh, you know glee on on his face. Uh, so but the others were rejoicing the entire thing. Uma Bharti, that uh, Joshi. Joshi, yes, Joshi was there. But but Advani and and in fact, I mean some of our statements. You know, uh, there was a Allahabad High Court. They set him free, not Allahabad High Court, there was a, a, the local court in Lucknow. So they, uh, the Advani was uh, set free on the, uh, in this case. And Samba, we, our, our gentleman, uh, the biggest Samba. scandal was Libahan himself. 48 extensions, yeah. uh, 17 years. Yes, yes. Come on. Please uh, read my story below in Outlook. I have written about it. Even the way I was uh, asked to give a testimony twice. So, uh, please yeah, read that. I'll do that. Someone man was being okay. called till a couple of months ago. Again and so, again and again. Uh, it's not in Outlook. It's in Open Magazine. We'll put a link to it. Mm. Sambhav, have you been... Do you watch a lot of television news? I'm hoping you'll say no. No, I stopped you'll for like, the past no. two years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I did you follow uh, the coverage of Ayodhya? Yeah. What, are your, what are your views on how the last day was covered? And in general, what, is, what are your views of how uh, the whole uh, case is being covered in the media? Or if you want to say anything right. else about the case itself. No, I was hearing, uh, I was listening to Madhu and uh, Raman. And so, uh, I mean, it's, it's so much insight that they have from the time that this happened. And, you know, and I was also thinking at the same time that it's also commendable, uh, not really commendable. It's also uh, unfortunate for our country. But as a political party for BJP to keep it alive, the whole issue, mm. because, I mean, a lot of us for would, would like to believe that it's not an issue anymore for us. You know, we have moved on. We are, we are doing uh, there are other issues in the country to deal with. There's poverty. There's there like real issues. Uh, the unemployment. And but you know this how on emotions that she she said we keep the the party kept playing, and a gullible people of our country yes still uh, is talking about it. Mm. And yeah, a lot of uh, this whole big role that media, especially television news, plays into it. Because I travel a lot for uh, my ground porting in rural areas and all. And you find people this to be an issue? About, do, yeah, do, yeah, people do talk about with a lot of emotions about these things. Mm. And they are, and every time uh, they talk about it, they would quote uh, new uh, TV uh, TV news TV mm. news in this that mm. you know this TV uh, this anchor said this or that anchor said that and all their opinions are shaped by by the mostly in Hindi belt by Hindi news channels uh, India TV or uh, Aaj Tak and these do you channels. know who, so which anchors are popular I mean I'm just curious like what are the Hindi anchors have you ever heard a name like 
जजमेंट कम्स वटर दिस होल थिंग डेमोक्रेटिकेडेड don't matter so if you have to legislate you don't legislate on claims that happened in the 18th or 19th centuries so what you do is there was a mosque there on august 15 1947 this happened it was a crime uh, idol was smuggled in it was a crime uh, nehru asked vallabhai pant and lal bahadur shastri to remove it they didn't nobody was punished he shastri became the prime minister vallabhai pant became the india's home minister 86 Uh, that time also the pujaris are allowed to go in and pray but muslims are not allowed 86 rajiv gandhi for his soft hindutva he opens the gates of the babri masjid again the court says uh, hindus can go and pray muslims can't go in and pray then 92 it all comes down comes crashing down I and now i don't see how you're being logical about this how so you can't be logical on this uh, you can't <laughs> that's what i'm saying but if if it's the court deciding it they have court to be logical they can't say okay but uh, this is impossible it's an impossible enigma to be logical about yes for ordinary people but that's the whole point if you are the supreme court and this case on this case rests a lot of things the secularism of this country the constitutional morality of this country and if you are not caring about that and you say okay see, something happened see, in the 15th century one of the century, judges last time when this had case had come up the judge at that time i forget his name had said that i'm not going to look at it as a hindu muslim issue i'm only going to look at it as and a property issue yes. it could be between two families it could be between two companies it's a property issue but the point is that's putting your head in the sand because any decision mr judge that you make is going to affect one community so it's not a small family is not a com- two companies it is a whole nation i and think two religions think, uh, yeah, that is where constitutional <laughs> courage where comes in so there are difficult decisions that you have to make based on logic based on on the law it will hurt somebody it will satisfy somebody that's the way there it is there is one curiosity though it is true and you can see that from the coverage also the question now that many are posing is when will the temple be built 
It's already. Uh, yeah, so they have decided. Well, it's already started. Yeah. Yeah. What about building this? it in but what about 92? the guys who brought it down? I told this to Manisha. Like, it just has to be shifted. No, it's, a, it's a jigsaw puzzle. It's they have already the carving, no, the statues. The conversation has moved from a demolition to when will the temple be built? There's no conversation of the fact that people went there and demolished a structure. And nobody was punished. And that is something. you know and when we were talking about the image not being shown fine you know you don't want to inflame passions whatever the logic may be but then don't even show anchors are doing their piece to cameras in front of a virtual temple i think a te- so you <laughs> if you want to make a prediction which journalists should never do but mm-hmm. i'm going to take a risk first time in my life i will predict i think the court will allow a temple to be built the temple will be built instantaneously because everything has been prepared for the last since 92 as soon as it came down they had started already uh, carvings and statues and everything and i think there will not be a reaction from the muslims i think there is too much fear no but what about the mosque like does no one care about the fact that the structure was brought down who will punish the guys who brought it down what no, about the rebuilding all of? took place because they were arrested soon after that no advani and all went to jail but then he's still coming no, to no, yes no, advani just, is free now free. of course he's free now and somehow was right was they all free now but the case was tried they were tried but it's interesting what you're saying about muslims not reacting and I don't think one of react. the interesting bits of the last day of the hearing was that it was reported that the sunni waqf board said that they were willing to give up their claim but they'll give up the claim if they're assured that there is no other babri masjid like incidents but and the vhp did not agree to that but sunni so is known is for this so they this have nothing plans. new there's nothing new even in the past they were coming to the you know table they they were agreeing to some of the demands giving up ha huh. but there they this is very well known but there are so many parties to it so so i mean to say at that time it looked like i mean i was also trying to find on that day because i missed the story so i mean if if the if they have come if they have agreed on this then you just withdraw the case and but not the only fear no, no, but, is that but, they may not but the because the other Muslim, side was not agreeing sorry, to to the conditions sorry, other side the hindu side was not agreeing to letting it rest at babri no this that was their condition no no that is their condition but there's they got kashi sona exactly yeah. so oh. like so they have babri masjid jhaki hai whatever the, the thing what is, is that wait that is their agenda this is I what i think even though the will there may not be crowd riots in response to a decision i think what one the country has to fear is the reaction will be from people like daud like what happened in mumbai what you know the that kind of bomb no, blast that kind of reaction that's what i was saying that I mean, we can there will be that we can expect there will be a reaction if if not now a little later no even if there's no reaction what It's does it mean for this country what does it mean for this country that you are allowing this thing to happen and it goes on like we have far gone we're already gone in no, that weakening oh we're in a deep tunnel already it's already set in it's no. like the ship has sailed okay one last question then we can move on to the next topic and we can start with madhu when you saw this when you were reporting the demolition did you think in your lifetime you'd see a temple back then no 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 not <laughs> at all not at all at, the, at that point the and Indian do you think now you'll see it as a yes i'm <laughs> certain we'll see it but um at that time actually as a journalist you don't really think of the future unless you're sitting down to write a column mm-hmm. we were like on the spot reporters we were just this they ye dalna wo dalna ye bhi dalo ye kaato it was just on the spot decisions of reporting no, no, but no, no, when there was reflection on my part yeah. no 
there was no reflection yeah. on my part i was just an on, even later, i was a very basic on the spot kind of mentality of a daily reporter ke kya ho raha hai kya nahi ho raha get every angle this and that was there reflection i think uh, there were these uh, ponderous editorials that came out over the future of the country and the secular uh, thing in the constitution and how important it is all that happened but i think whether there was a serious reflection on my personal part no did you think you'd see a temple being built there generally as as journalists who have been listening to this dispute or who have been seeing bjp raise it as yeah, an issue after the 2010 uh, allahabad high court judgment when they divided it so that obviously means that only you sir no, once you? we saw the the footage of we saw footage of these carved bricks and statues being made like i know 15 years ago then i realized there will be a temple in 1992 so i saw all these carvings see i i thought it will never come up because it is for the bjp to keep this issue alive and keep winning yeah. so that's what i thought but i never uh, foresaw that qutub minar bhi apna lenge to apna agenda they can they can they can uh, you know they can have you know burning with different ah, monuments no, raman listen monuments. think of it this way that it will never stop being a burning issue in the sense that it won't be a burning issue issue ke banana hai mm. but once it's built it is a bjp temple mm-hmm. yeah so i want to surprise who was there will thank the bjp ne ye banaya i i i this ambar please come in yeah i want to come in on this yeah, so, yeah uh, i agree with uh, raman that they they really kept it alive for a long long time thinking that you know this this, this gets them votes but i think this this time it's different for for bjp this government this this time they would they can't really now know that you know now they are in power already been in power for for 6 years and can't really keep things again saying the same thing so this time it would be on delivery that what they had been asking and that's really going to be the pex next next year they have done article uh, sorry the kashmir uh, 370 and then this so this will be now that be deliver also probably for their voters mm-hmm. and community so yeah this this changes this time actually i'm fascinated by uh, you saying that it will be a temple of bjp i wouldn't be surprised if before you enter the sanctum there will be like advani ka picture modi ka picture ek kam that would be it will be very interesting to see how it's built as a political space yeah advani ji ne to akshadha mana diya everything the bjp does in terms of whether it's a powerpoint presentation to journalists in ashoka hotel hotel ashok or it's uh, whatever public events they do they are perfectly implemented mm. and so i'm yes. i'm pretty sure this this will have top of the art technology history of the place i think everything will be done at a really great scale they are bad at administration and economy but they are very good at in these things <laughs> <laughs> so we have a letter by vivek anand uh, he says dear abhinandan it's been a while since i wrote to you about feedback on topics discussed on his hafta i write today on a subject that's bothered me in the past as a journalist myself i sometimes get weighed down by the fact that news media industry's quality is thinning away that's the sense i got from what madhu said in the past week on hafta good in-depth informative journalism seems to be lacking at most news media houses as you would say it's the business model that is built on advertisers that's to blame fair enough but i take issue with madhu when she says that there's no good journalism 
he says put he's put no good journalism in caps i would like to point out to some of the work being done by quinton huffington post india i know it's not come up to her standards at news track but they are getting there sometimes being a media critique show hafta goes ahead of itself and only focuses on the worst excesses of the mainstream news media pardon the usage but just because things are completely fucked one shouldn't paint the picture as so pathetic that people get depressed <laughs> i speak to people who get the sense that all news media is compromised that makes them go into a shell and turn completely ignorant about the world i would point to your example of how the gentleman you met in a flight didn't know anything that is happening in the world other than his own business i would hazard a guess that this sense that news doesn't matter anymore pushes people to accept complete ignorance there are people doing good journalism online things will eventually stabilize and people would be able to judge as to which was a good story and which wasn't i would hope hafta would also strive to point out to publications um, who meet the small test of good journalism every week maybe as you could take it part of your recommendations each week i don't really know how that works as an aside if things weren't so bad the market need for a product like news laundry wouldn't exist so we should sense an opportunity most of your subscribers come to you for that i don't think they should feel that little they are doing to sustain good journalism doesn't matter in the larger scheme of things don't lie to your subscribers by treating them with kid gloves by not giving them the true picture of the news media space however at least try to point them towards folks doing meaningful journalism at the time i don't have the answer to this predicament hence i like writing to you to seek answers hope you have a great diwali So, so can i respond yes i'm I appreciate his optimism and i really love the fact that he's saying that please don't depress everybody but the fact is i think that when we point out these things i don't think they're depressing i think it's a catalyst to change that unless you point them out and i'm sure there are journalists who also listen to us that they think that okay maybe we're not all doing the uh, the best that we can so i think this this it's important to sh- to point out the negatives not as a king ye ye zamana hi kharab hai that's not what i said or meant what i'm saying is that we've gone haywire and it could have happened in any generation even when i was young but it just so happens that happened in a generation where i am old and i've seen better days of journalism and i think that everyone is capable of it uh not everyone but i think th- we have huge numbers of reporters who are capable of good journalism however their bosses and the kind of marketing that uh, that is happening they are required to do what they're told to do to keep their jobs so there's a different thing mm-hmm. and i think i have also said many times to point out to this reader uh, that i do believe that things will come full sec- circle mm-hmm. people will get fed up of watching the shouting and the screaming and everything and people already are but although they say they are but the trps of those programs are the highest but i think that it is um imperative that people get upset and angry at what they're seeing and and then do something hmm. about it like switch off don't watch those programs hmm. give them low trps and they will change also it is i mean what we are critiquing is really dangerous it has real consequences like madhu was saying earlier all these people who don't think the anchors they don't think they don't have emotions it's not just for them they're trying to create a culture where any kind of thinking that doesn't suit them is not allowed so mm. that has real world implications you can't let that stand True. you can't just close your eyes off to that yeah so samba would you like to come in feel free to come in whenever you want to huh like it's a pretty freewheeling sure, format sure. <laughs> yeah um, yeah so uh, not on this manisha okay you're an optimist when it comes to news media yeah. <laughs> are you have given up hope yeah, already I, no no i i mean i'm still trying to uh, be 
I mean, see how how it goes. Uh, I'm 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 the middle somewhere. <laughs> I'll say this because, is the yeah. Obviously, that's and this is a challenging time. Obviously, situation so, is not very good. Yeah, I mean, even if we say that you know we we do there 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 are a lot of checks and balances. We think that you know journalists should do journalists do. Then there is a whole issue of where are the platforms for journalists to do things. So that's also there. And and even within that, there are people who still trying to do good journalism. So yeah, I agree with Madhu that there are good journalists they're doing and criticizing and, you know, putting checks and balances does, may force a lot of journalists to actually do better. But then the larger issues of uh, the media structures and system, uh, especially in our country, those are also putting a lot of journalists off from mm. this uh, from this profession so there much more needs to be uh, dealt with it's a, it's, a, it's a very huge issue right now true may i yeah, maybe on hafta uh, i think why maybe sometimes we tend to get too depressing depressing also is because we talk a lot about television media and that's quite depressing but maybe we should talk more about i don't know online and print media <laughs> which has more interesting things to uh, read uh, i'll read another letter from neeti she says in the context of the female murderer i see both madhu and manisha's perspectives though i would like to support manisha in a subversive glee on the news of a female murderer two examples why one vijay prashad in his book darker nations says how the first world viewed the newly liberated third world as childlike or overly cultured it did not see its people as human fallible contradictory and historical to be allowed to be fallible has been a privileged space um two there's a moment in youtube series man's world where kalki raises two fingers implying a vagina rather than the middle finger it was unexpectedly liberating again there's a certain privilege in being allowed to be acceptably degraded Congratulations on the nominations. This is for our podcast and warm regards. And I, I think I'll quickly read one more letter. This is from Anonymous. Hi, Anonymous. Dear Hafta team, please leave my identity anonymous. Just a small note to add to the already very lengthy discussion about the standards of journalism initiated by Madhu Ma'am. I think I get what she was getting at. The reason why the standards of what is demanded of news people has nosedived is a result of the democratization of what is demanded of news. You can't now expect a person who gets what he she believes to be well-informed opinion in one two lines on Twitter, Facebook, to now want a long-form piece. So, even if we have real journalists doing real work like you guys, their work ends up in an echo chamber. Abhinandan's IME debate anecdote was the icing on the hafta cake. The part about who will cook for us, ha ha ha, that was very subtly put the bloodthirsty female paramilitary debater in her place. <laughs> My best wishes to the entire NL team. Keep up the good work and a warm welcome to Mehraj who got 2% airtime. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Maybe because Abhinandan couldn't see him thanks to his dilated pupils. They can next week kitna time milta hai You'll have to see next week when Abhinandan's back. Okay, bye. Let me know if you any one of you are coming this side. Abhinandan knows where and I would happy I would be happy to host you. Uh, Samba, we want to leave. Uh, okay. So what we generally do is uh, before we end the hafta, we take uh, recommendations. Please give us a recommendation and then uh, please leave. Uh, yeah. So, uh, because we discussed, uh, it started from the land issue. Uh, obviously, one I already pointed out this uh, and judiciary is so this research by Geetanjay Sahu on Indian uh, environmental jurisprudence in the Supreme Court that really gives a lot of insights, especially especially how uh, things are going on right now. Uh, and maybe uh, I would recommend watching this movie Kala. Uh, where Rajnikant is starring, uh, mm. but this is very, very good in, when it comes to understanding land issues and wow. how 
communities <laughs> are attached to land uh, it's pretty commercial but mm. it has lot of depth in it great thank you thanks so much for joining us it was really great having you and best of luck with all your endeavors ahead and hope to read more of your bylines thank you so much sir okay so uh, we wanted to madhu you wanted to talk about how the current government is going against opposition leaders and how systematic it's been so maybe we can talk about the praful yeah they're very efficient on that and when you actually examine the case uh, against praful it started with his father buying that building when praful was really very very young and then there was a court case in which they were not able to evict the tenants over there and so they went to court to get them evicted and the court evicted almost all of them except for one some mirchi fellow and that fellow at that time in the 60s sold it to uh, a company that was that had shares uh, that daud had shares in okay so all that praful inherited the building and god knows what happened to that flat after daud bought it or whether he sold it off again or whatever but praful owns the full building on his own now that's really looking for a needle in a haystack to find something against a guy where you know you he's his father did some sold a property a, a section of his property an apartment so it's i think a bit desperate no this is this is the case which is on which ed is looking into is some land owned by one mohammed okay one? someone called mohammed so it was a 1500 square uh, 1500 uh, over 1500 yard uh, of a plot so the owners were different and they these owners had given land to uh, mirchi Iqbal Mirchi. Iqbal Mirchi. His wife, in fact. Uh, Not even Iqbal Mirchi. Uh, his, his wife. wife, yeah. His wife. Hazra Iqbal. Uh, now, now what happens that this uh, this this guy came in as a developer. His company, this uh, I mean, I mean Patel, Millennium Developers. Patel, uh, uh. So they came in as a developer. So they developed the building. So when they became the developer, they constructed the entire building. So third and fourth floor was given to Mirchi. that is again not the story the story is cbi had registered four cases against patel and they were not able to find anything substantial in those cases mm. so in one of such case which i am very very sure about nobody can even cbi cannot deny it they had sent their recommendation to their law department that they want to close it down hmm. so we want to submit the closer report in front of the court that the ed said this no cbi cbi, CBI ed okay. i'm not even talking about okay cbi then again i know it for a fact that this government wanted to go against him so they asked some particular officers in the cbi that you reopen the case arrest him so those particular officers they refused that how can we arrest him because they wanted him to uh, wanted them to arrest within 15 20 days at that time the national elections just before the national elections now the, the when when the cbi uh, he said that we have already asked the law department to give to we want to close this case so you just legally vet it so that we are able to submit this closer report in the court so and you are asking me to arrest him so how can we arrest you have to give me some time to 
re you want me to reopen it i can reopen it but how can i arrest them so those officers i know were transferred out of the cbi okay uh, delhi they were transferred out of delhi now in all such cases i mean i i mean someone who has covered cbi and investigating agencies for a very long time ed was always a sleeping partner whenever any investigation happens it is the cbi which takes the lead when cbi comes up with the whether you take a case of raju uh, any any satyam raju take take any case in the past cbi completes its investigations come up with the charge sheet in that charge sheet the ed uses because ed is a very small yeah, small yeah. even in the set NDTV of officers ha huh? yeah. so what they do they they look into the fairer cases hmm. money laundering cases so and in this the ed taking uh, the cbi hmm. ed has taken the not only in case of patel they have been taking lead in everybody's case now so so uh, when it comes to arresting the politicians so is the vendetta politics which is on so so and the cbi has taken uh, has become the fiddle second fiddle to ed, ED. whereas so 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 this is what patel I, and i know it for a fact that the cbi wanted to submit a closer report on him and now the entire case has been reopened but it'll be interesting to see if it goes beyond the haryana elections mm-hmm. or maharashtra elections because before every elections there's always some or the other opposition leader being put behind bars i think we can uh, take uh, some recommendations before we wrap up so madhu my recommendation is an article about hasan minaj in vanity fair it's really fun okay and the other one is this book don't trust aunties yeah <laughs> <laughs> thank you uh, i will recommend uh, i'll plug my uh, our own stories yes news laundry stories and apart from your piece for the open uh, my piece from the open on uh, ayodhya i mean i was uh you know i was called by libran commission so i had given my testimony twice so that article how i gave my testimony so this is the story which i wrote for open uh soon after libran commission came came out with the report and uh, our news laundry stories the we are covering ayush two of our reporters ayush and pratik they have been covering uh, maharashtra and haryana uh, elections so please see those stories and uh, third uh, there's a beautiful uh, uh, edit by indian express on kashmir where they said don't don't give piecemeal uh, you know freedom uh, to kashmir if you really want to make it vibrant i mean you need to uh, lift all kind of restrictions from them and let it be a vibrant kashmir a democratic kashmir interesting meraj what would so you like so before to? i move on to my recommendations since we have been talking about the drama in supreme court yesterday mm. the maps being torn up and all that so our colleague anand vardhan has profiled the person mm. whose book that map comes from like uh, manisha said in the beginning ayodha revisited it's called mm. and it's by a former ips officer called kishor kunal mm. so go on to news laundry and uh, read this piece and also while you are at it subscribe to news laundry and <laughs> to our podcast obviously and now for the recommendations so because we have been talking about ayodhya and it's going to be in the news for a while i can't recommend this anand patwardhan documentary highly enough it's called ram ke naam hmm. so it gives a very very different kind of a view to all the rhetoric and everything that's been uh, going on around the issue since 1992 and from before and also since we are talking about 
journalism, Indian journalism in particular, and how it's being used to create a very dangerous uh, climate in India. So uh, I would recommend you read Manufacturing Consent by Noam Chomsky and Edward Herman. I think both Raman sir and Mehraj took my recommendations, but <laughs> but, but I'm going to. Uh, so there's an interesting um, BBC report on what's happening in uh, north of Syria, and uh, it documents uh, the lives of kids who've sort of grown up there in camps, and they're really small kids. And you know, you there's a little girl just talking about being bombed, seeing dead people, and she's saying it in the most deadpan way, just like you know, like I think. Children sometimes just describe something sometimes without really men adding many emotions to it. And it's really kind of moving, not moving, but really scary to see that there are children in the world who are actually seeing this day to day and they're seeing it and narrating it in such a deadpan way. So that really kind of shook me. So you should watch that. And there was an excellent documentary on um, the Saudi prince and Jamal Khashoggi and his murder. I would highly recommend that a lot. Some of it is... A lot of you would know about some of the details in it, but it's very, very shocking to hear it and see it and to realize who this guy is and how he's being coveted by world leaders, and including Modi. So you should watch that. Thank you so much for your recommendations, guys. It's time to wrap up. But before we wrap up, there are two important announcements. One is that please, please, please send us feedback at contact at newslaundry.com. We really thrive on your feedback. We really like to read every line of it. And uh, if any of our names are mentioned in it, we even go over it again and again. <laughs> I do at least. I read all the mails that um, say anything about me good or bad so no but we really do need your feedback and it really keeps us informed engaged and it keeps us uh, active and it keeps us uh, aware of our own shortcomings so do send us your feedback uh, when you do send us your feedback you uh, put the it'll be nice if you put the name of the podcast that you're critiquing in the subject so if you're talking about hafta just write hafta review if you're talking about awful and awesome just write awful and awesome review so that just helps our producers sift it from the other mails also, uh, we have a bunch of other podcasts also that you must check out. So you should uh, definitely check out Daily Dose, which is a daily news capsule that we give you about seven, seven to eight minutes of the news of the day. And also Reporters Without Orders. It's definitely one of our um, increasingly popular podcasts where young reporters discuss the news of the week. They talk about their experience on the field. It's really nice. So check that out too. And finally, the last announcement, two of our NL podcasts have been nominated for the first ever Isha Podcast Awards. These two podcasts are Let's Talk About, which has been nominated as the best education podcast. And Awful and Awesome has been nominated as Isha's best podcast. That's amazing news. So please do vote on ishapodcastawards.com. We'll leave a link below this so that you can log on to it very easily. But I'd repeat that. It's asiapodcastawards.com. The last date of voting is October 31st. So please vote for us. Make us win. Because if we win, we'll force Abhinandan to throw a party. <laughs> and maybe we'll throw in a free hafta also. What do you say, Karthik? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he agrees. <laughs> so that's all for this week. Thank you so much for listening in. Thank you so much, our wonderful panel. And uh, I'm going to leave you with this song. See you next week. हम देखेंगे हम देखेंगे लाज़िम है कि हम भी देखेंगे हम देखेंगे हम देखेंगे 
लाजिम है कि हम भी देखेंगे हम देखेंगे laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.